we are at the baseball. We've got our dogs and we've got our merch. What do you, what do you think about that? Hot dogs. Hot dogs, not actual dogs. Welcome to Set Meals, a food podcast inspired by the insatiable hunger of its hosts. I'm Samuel Ashton. And I'm Taylor Fawcett. And aside from our love of Korean fried chicken, as well as our unparalleled enjoyment for distinctly average in-flight meals, we don't know that much about food. But we do enjoy it. So, we've done Seoul. Completed it. But eaten our way so deep into the South Korean capital that we can't tell our pig intestines from our elbows. Ugh, that gopchang, man. Delicious, but haunting. But seriously, Seoul was great. The kimchi dumplings. Yes. The fried chicken. Yes. The hand-cut yes. noodles. Yes. We've overindulged. Yes, we have, but that is fine. It's okay. And best of all, it's not over. Nope. We're halfway through the Asian adventure, semicolon, the most relaxed food adventure ever documented via the medium of podcasting. And next up, it's Japan. Tokyo. We're doing it. We're in the Japanese capital and we're pumped. I look like I've been pumped up, if anything. We've got a week left of absolute eating. And from here on out, it's sushi snacking, convenience store egg sandos and ramen for breakfast. The balanced diet my body's been craving. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, we're in Tokyo. We've made it. We've, we've, we've departed Seoul, South Korea, which was bloody excellent. Yep. And we've arrived... In the Japanese capital. Where specifically in the Japanese capital? We are in a very odd environment. Not in a podcast studio. Not at all. It smells like how I imagine Nirvana's practice lounge smelt like way back in the day. Exactly that. Musky, cigarette, fucking stains everywhere. There's drum kits, there's amps, there's there's all sorts floating around. We're in a, basically we're in a, a pay by the hour Studio space. Music rehearsal space, yeah. pretty much. Right next to Yoyogi Park in Tokyo, having realised that um, our hostel, which we are staying in, which is a, a which was a terrible idea, quite frankly, but we couldn't really stretch the budget to it accommodate lovely us. On the website. It is lovely, don't get me wrong, it's lovely, oh, yeah, no, yeah, but it's yeah, a yeah, shame yeah. all the people staying in there with us yeah. aren't as good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we had to we had to opt for something else. So if if there is a little bit of vibration, there's a little you know, reverberation, it's the drum kit behind me. Yeah, we were gonna record in the park. Uh-huh. But then it pissed it down with rain. All day. And because we are as committed to the audio quality on this podcast as mm-hmm. we are, mm-hmm. we have found this studio. And, and it came, I think, came way in the budget. It did. And I think it's going to do the job. I hope so. We had, we've had we had a few interesting days and a few interesting nights. We haven't really been doing... Look, we haven't been doing any cultural stuff, however you want to weigh that or quantify that. But we have been wandering around neighbourhoods we like and just chilling the hell out, man. I could not be any more relaxed. At this point, we are so relaxed and, and worried we're not doing enough. Yeah, I get to it gets to about three o'clock each day, and I think, what what do we do now? Yeah, what like what do we do between now and going for dinner? Yeah, or how do people even holiday? I mean, first port of call, we 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 caught up with a, a dear friend of mine, Pete Donaldson of Football Ramble and Luke and Pete Show fame, the man himself. And he was like, "We're in, I'm in Japan." You met him for the first time. I did. He's a lovely man. He's a very lovely man. <laughs> Pete Donaldson. How you doing? Good man. How are you? Oh, sweaty. Very old. Very sweaty. Yes, we caught up with Pete. Had a couple of beers with him, and uh, he was a bit jet lagged. He was a little bit jet lagged, but he was also very impressive because he can speak a little bit of Japanese. Yeah, Pete loves a Japanese thing. I get a lot of tweets about Coolish because I'm having Air Five Wagyu steak. Well, similar sort of thing, but in a bowl with a lump of octopus in the middle. And then we went to uh, a restaurant called Fuku Yakitori, which is around, which was around the corner from the bar. We found it. This is it. It looks absolutely lit. We found yes. a Pete Donaldson. Well, it's it's very um, uh, atmospheric in there. 
stop it. You hate food, Pete. <laughs> it was heaving in there. Yeah, so much like a lot of places in Japan, especially izakaya, which is, that's the sort of most akin to a pub in the UK. Mm. And it's like counter seating and then a couple of tables. It's a yakitori restaurant. So for anyone that hasn't been to Japan, yakitori is basically um, grilled skewers of various different offcuts of meat and veg and cheese mm-hmm. and yeah, I've Stuff. seen all sorts on there. Yeah. Um, and those restaurants always tend to be the chef kind of in the middle uh, with the counter around him and you basically sit there and watch him make it. It was cool. It was a mo- it was a, like a modern take yeah. on, a, on that yakitori thing. Yeah. It's quite fun because there's always stuff on the menu that you don't really know what it is yeah. or at least are very curious to eat. Mm-hmm. Two wings, two gizzard, three heart. We get two... Let's get two of the green pepper and two of the eggplant. Lots of variety, and it comes sort of either as singular skewers or sets of two or whatever. It was excellent. The seasoning from the smoke is so is so striking. Thank you, Pete. Yeah, you lovely thank, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Very lovely man. We went to, oh the next day we went to uh, Ichiran Ramen, which we spoke about back in episode two when we were talking about eating by yourself. The one we went to was in Shinjuku. Yes, and it was downstairs, pretty nondescript, as is a lot of stuff here, to be honest, and um. Yeah, you kind of go in and use the old machine, the old vending machine, and pick what you want, mm-hmm. which is always very enjoyable. Hang on, two. Wait. Yeah. And you wait in this like holding area. I imagine it to be kind of like the movie where you're waiting to see someone shady in like a basement. Mm. You go in and you've got like a deal to make or something. You step into his room. And because everything's kind of like behind curtains. Yeah, you know? Yeah, the lighting's fairly low. And the decor is all like pleather, like red pleather and like dark walls and stuff. But it's not fancy. No, not at all. It's not trying to be fancy either. It's just that's their look. It's a very weird environment because the booths, the booths, though they do separate people, don't stop you from like chatting. No, and you actually, you can actually, did you notice you could fold them back? Yeah, I saw that, I didn't want to. It's right. really funny, like, you sit down and you're on the little bar, like, uh, bar stools that are kind of attached to the floor, and you're in your little your little booth, like we say, back to back with the people behind you. There's all, like, eight people deep. And um, and you can kind of, like, see the chefs preparing your stuff behind this little gap, I guess, this little bar gap. You can't see any more than their, like, waist to sort of, like, nipple mm. height. So that's the only window you get. So yeah, just like no eye contact whatsoever, no, which odd. is bizarre. Yeah, it's really it made me, makes you feel like I'm in like a um, you know that Isle of Dogs film, mm. Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. It was something about it that reminded me of that, and I don't know why. Uh, I guess it's because they're almost like puppets. It's, yeah, it's, maybe there's it's this, that. There's this sort of theatricality to it that yeah, you can't see anything, but you just when you've been served your ramen, they sort of fold down a little curtain. And so once that's shut, a bit of noise, like the noise kind of dissipates because you can't hear into the kitchen and stuff. It's so I think funny. it was that theatricality that yeah, makes it feel like that. Yeah, very enjoyable. When we were talking about it on that one of those early episodes, mm-hmm. I was looking at some pictures and I thought I thought it looked really cool. And I thought it was great. And the, actually the ramen was excellent as well. Yeah, it was really good. Really liked it. It was really good. It's one of those things where the envi- environment definitely adds to the flavour and the excitement and what you're eating. Yeah, I think totally. you buy into it, right? It's great, fucking great, really good thing to do. Mm-hmm. We we did peak ramen like uh, like lunchtime though that day, and we were both a bit sluggish. Yes, we both kind of crashed. It does get you, and it just dries you out yeah. immediately. <laughs> and much like Seoul, we went to a sporting event. We went to the baseball. I think we both hoped that it was going to be this American feeling experience because obviously Japan has such a intimate relationship with America and how it reinterprets its culture. Mm-hmm. And I think we were both really hoping that it would 
live up to that yeah. hype. Yeah. And it did. Honestly, it was like walking up to Fenway Park. It was so buzzy. We got there like an hour, at least an hour before it started because yeah. we wanted to just see what it was all about. And even then it was packed. We immediately scuppered to the, uh, the bar mm-hmm. to grab some snacks because we were also really excited about the bar snacks. Grab yeah. a hot dog. A couple of hot dogs. Um, which was all right. It was a standard hot dog, but the thing I did love about it was the uh, sauce contraption I was mm. presented with like a normal sachet of sauce but you click it halfway down the middle and as you do that it opens up these two perfect little holes and then you just sort of strafe that down your mm-hmm. hot dog and it just gives you two perfect lines very of, satisfying oh, it was so good game start was like six and we like moved and whatever and wandered around got told off by a very polite security guard oh yeah so we tried to sneak into the seating area just to see what see what the seats were like and no one checked our tickets so we just wandered in and took a couple of pictures, and then we just sort of stood. And he came over and apologised, and then made us leave. And Very then, and then we went back to the standing area, and it began the meeting of our our friend Nicholas Cage. Yeah, <laughs> not the Nicholas Cage, obviously, but a lovely sixty-year-old man from Tokyo called Nicholas Cage. I mean, where do you even start? I don't know. I don't know how it happened. It happens fairly often. For a country that generally are fairly reserved and people keep themselves to themselves, you do quite often get um, people just leaning over and, you know, a guy today, for example, leaning over and commented on my camera. It was kind of winding down at this point, wasn't it? We'd been in yeah, for a while. There were like three innings out of nine left. Yeah, and they were getting battered as well. To yeah, so it was sort of like, I think basically he'd gone, they're going to lose. Yeah. I'm going to go and talk to these lads. Yeah. Because they look really cool. Yeah. And I mean, like they're having a great time. Big time. Probably great chat, which we are. Yeah. We, we stood by a bin and talked to him for what felt like three hours, which probably wasn't that long. It was a good hour. He asked us, like, we had loads of pictures with him. I got up my big camera with my big obnoxious flash and he really laughed. He really liked it. And we exchanged email addresses. I mean, yeah, it was... It was it was intense, right? Yeah. But, but in, a, in, like, a lovely way. A totally lovely way. There was nothing weird. I, I told my mum, and she was like, it sounds a bit dodgy. A bit seedy. I was like, it's not at all. No, it wasn't. It was at really no harmed. point did I think this guy's weird. He was just the friendliest man ever. He, he posed the question, do you want to go for udon noodles with me? In very broken English, he, he basically said, what are you guys doing after this? And I thought, oh, here we go. Hey... No, none of that. He said, do you like noodles? I was like, we said, yeah, we do you, like noodles. You've got my attention. And he said, there's a place back near the station. Do you want to go? And we were like... And yeah. I, at first I thought, he's just going to tell us where it is. And then he was like, with me. And I was like, yeah, I do. And the thing is, he said it and he was like really surprised when we agreed, I felt. Yeah. He was like, oh, really? Like, I've done this four times tonight and no one said yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Well, we did later find out that he does uh, he does do this regularly. Yeah. He does. He's told us about an American, some Americans that he'd taken to this place and some Germans he'd taken to this place. Do you think he owns this place? It's a possibility. Yeah, we wandered out of the stadium and uh, wandered down the street. He told us, you know, his working life and, you know, he lived out of town and he had kids and his wife. Three, Three, Three children. children. Okay. Girls, boys... Girls, boy, girls. Oh. He worked for the Department of Defence, yeah, which I thought was really cool. Very cool job. Um, and then we and we walked and we went. We eventually reached after about 15, 20 minutes of walking this very nondescript restaurant front. I like I like super. Okay. More than we don't. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, controversial. I, I, it's fine. <laughs> Take us for sober then. Let's make it a story. Hey. That was the name of I it. Remembered. He said I wouldn't remember it, and I remembered it. It was a very standard, like, canteen. That's definitely the right word to describe it. 
you sort of go down, you grab a tray. It's a bit like school. So you basically go along. They have um, a load of different sort of deep fried things. Tempura. tempura. What's your favorite? Your favorite? Oh, no, this one. Potato. This one. Potato. 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 It is. Oh. We're just going to copy Nicholas. Yeah, Nicholas is the king in this situation. Right. You had. I had tempura prawns. Tempura. Oh, I had like a tempura like. Potato cake? Yeah, so he said, you have to get this one. You Man. have to get this potato. And I'm like, I don't like a hash brown. I'm no. like, I'm over hash browns. I'm not I'm not for it. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. And like, if you're hungover and you eat McDonald's hash brown, fine. A bit of red sauce, whatever. Put it on a tray alongside my udon noodles, hot. I like hot. And my, um, as you say, tempura prawns. And uh, that potato thing. It was so good. It was like sweet yeah. and super crispy. And I bit into it. I thought it was going to be sh- I was like, oh my God. When we were in the stadium, he asked what our favourite Japanese beer was. And I told him that I could sort of take or leave Asahi. He didn't like it at all. Nah. He did not like it. He loved Asahi. And they don't call it Asahi. They call it Super Dry. Yeah. You don't know? No, no, no. Uh, super Dry? Yeah, Super Dry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, though? I have to say, at no point during the night did I think, oh, this is going to be great on the podcast. I was genuinely just having a really good time with him. I thought it was, I know you did, because you are solely motivated by this podcast. What? Not true. But uh, I, I was just really enjoying his company, because he was like, he was just genuinely really interested in Yeah, he was a really us. nice guy. You know when you meet someone for the first time, and like you obviously don't know that much about each other, so it, sometimes it can get a bit like stretched. The yeah. conversation. Yeah. There wasn't any of that. There was like really good dips in like, let's just eat our noodles now and enjoy them mm. for a bit mm. and have a drink and just enjoy the atmosphere. And also when we finished up and we, we did our thing and, you know, we, we had a great time, he walked us to the station and he just he waved us off. Walked us to the platform. Like a proud dad sending his child to university. Honestly, he waved us off until we got to the top of the stairs and we turned around and we couldn't actually see him anymore. And then I saw his feet. Yeah. What has just happened there? What is happening here? He was the nicest man ever. Honestly, the nicest man I've ever met in my whole. And also, like, I spent the entire time thinking it's gonna get, it's gonna get, uh, it's gonna get dark here somewhere. It didn't, because he was just genuinely lovely. There was one point when he took us to the side, and I thought, oh, oh. it was good for the soul, wasn't it? It was heartwarming and simultaneously heartbreaking as well. Yeah, to I say know. goodbye, poor Nicholas. And then. When you thought all hope was lost, emails us the next day. Mere 12 hours later. Do you remember me? It says in the email. I'm like, yeah, yes, I do. It was fucking brilliant. You're in the pod. Didn't say that. But I will email him the pod. Mm-hmm. Email in the pod, email in the pictures. You love it. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank for a you bloody so good time. much. It was bloody excellent. It was great. down in Rapongi. Taylor and I are under very Japanese Family Mart umbrellas and it is ripping it down. We're approaching uh, Pizza Studio Tamaki on a recommendation and it's bloody empty which is bloody fantastic. This is the restaurant section. It's that time. Oh it's the restaurant section. The We're in Tokyo restaurant section. Oh. You're gonna think what on earth are you doing? Be- going to Tokyo the home of sushi, the home of ramen, the home of tonkotsu, and going to a pizza spot. Yeah. But not just any pizza spot. No. Pizza Studio Tamaki. Arguably the pizza spot. Well, by the end by the end of this 15 minutes, they'll understand oh. why it is the pizza spot, not only in Asia, mm-hmm. but possibly the world. No. no, no reservation. Yeah, two people. 
We could sit outside, but yeah. I want to sit inside. I want to make it. Yeah, hopefully we can get in and out before. Um, Any reservations? Oh, check please. Oh. Yeah, sure. Okay. No problem. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Up to you, tight. Thank you. Oh, cool. Thank you. So the restaurant's tiny, isn't it? Yes. As far as restaurants go, I reckon it's probably about an 18 covers. Yeah. And 8 to 10 of which are bar seating, like, right around the, 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 the kitchen prep space, basically. Yeah. And there's a couple of twos. Um, that kitchen prep space as well is also tiny. I think the, the thing is, again, like, the, the restaurant itself was, like, a square room. It was, like, a cube. Mm-hmm. And the, there's a massive pizza oven, obviously, that, like, plants itself practically in the middle of the room, back mm-hmm. middle. Yeah. And then the, the kitchen was basically, like, the side of the, the, the oven. That's what it was. It yeah. didn't really seem like that room opened up. It was just, like, the side of the oven. Yeah. Basically, a little sink kind of washing up space. Yeah. Not when, really any counter space, just, no. like, some some plates and... Bits. The only counter space was where um, the chef was prepping the pizza, which I assume is where they do all the prep in the day. And there was one fridge, one coffee machine, and that was literally one it. One beer tap. Honestly. Which was all a bit rat. The place was very quite nicely finished. Yeah. But like behind the scenes, the beer tap, for example, was a bit ratchet, just sort of like is, clamped on. It's weird because the exterior of the restaurant's quite well finished. The yeah. light, the signage and the lighting's really nice. Mm-hmm. And... I do think it's a very Tokyo thing as well where stuff's like a bit thrown together, but they kind yeah. of like, it, it works. Yeah. I don't know if that's because stuff's like just different over here, but when stuff in the UK is like that, I'm a bit like, oh, this is a bit shit. It's a bit like of an afterthought. Mm. Soft jazz in the background. Yeah. the mu- I mean, from the minute we stepped in, just the whole atmosphere was very mellow, very cool, yeah. but not... Trying to not hard. new cool like classic cool yeah and it was raining outside as we mentioned and it added to the atmosphere definitely so you stepped into this like safe haven it's mm-hmm. a pizza safe haven we got given two menus um, we ordered a couple of beers yes there's a requirement you have to order at least one drink per one person drink and each. then there's a small cover charge as well which is very standard in Tokyo which is, so. which is fine uh, order two beers yeah and uh, one tamaki and uh, one new Thank you. Perfect. We ordered the tamaki. And there was like eight menu items, but we were like, well, eight to ten menu items-ish. Yeah. Well, there, well, there were a few salads and bits of and pieces. Of course, but, but I mean, sorry. I mean, We pizza. were there strictly for the pizza. Yeah. Um, we, ordered, we went for the tamaki, which was top of the menu, which was cherry tomatoes, base, Smoked mozzarella, pecorino, basil. That's it. Simple. Simple. Classic. Kind of like a twist on the classic. Especially with the smoked mozzarella, which yeah. I thought, oh, how much different can it be? Turns out, very different. That was the that was the thing that really clinched it for me. To be and honest. we had the diavola. Uh, yeah, diavola, which was a tomato base, fresh mozzarella, homemade sausage, olives, and Calabria peppers. Mm. We Our rationale was tamaki, classic. Diavola, something a bit like, I mean, I think... Diavola and stuff like that splits people when you start getting a bit like, mm-hmm. especially like Neapolitan style pizzas. Yeah, it's, it's worth nice. it's worth mentioning that um, people get their backs up a lot with Neapolitan style pizzas, and there's a big thing of like, is it a Neapolitan style pizza if it's not made in Naples? Also, any pizza outside of Italy can't really be considered pizza. What 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 makes it this kind of pizza, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have problems with anything other than a margarita pizza being a Neapolitan style pizza. That was my two cents. 
We wanted to try both. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? I think anyone that thinks that's not a Neapolitan-style pizza doesn't uh, decide to have no time for them whatsoever because, well, it's the best pizza I've ever eaten. So yeah, it was so, honestly, honestly, no exaggeration. It was fantastic. I didn't want to get to that bit yet. Yeah, but oh, I feel yeah. like I have to just say it. It was the best pizza I've ever had in my it? life. The Tamaki pizza was so tasty. I think I could have gone every night since we've been here. Honestly, yeah. It was so good. It was so good that we ordered another one in the end. We did. We're on number three. Three pizzas in one sitting, and it was worth every single second of it. It really was. We're not alone in um, wanting to order more because the gentleman to our left is on a second pizza. It certainly is, yeah. And these guys are on a third pizza, so. Um, so, like, the, the prep stage, there's, you know, the, the standard stuff. So you've got the prep area of the kitchen, marble top, all the ingredients laid out in front of him in like, this glass shelving unit. Um... Worth noting that Tamaki actually wasn't making the pizza in this spot because we went to the original spot, but they've since opened a second spot in Rapongi, like in the main Rapongi, and um, he was working there. Yeah, I mean, we basically got to the end of our, well, halfway through our third pizza, and I sort of said, is that, so is that him then? Is that Tamaki? And you were like, I don't, I don't think so, because I've seen pizza him in it. I don't think he looks like that. No. Quick Google. We're in the wrong, uh... Well, we were in the right one, but he was in the kind of wrong he one. He was in the wrong one. But then also, the amount of care that they were taking over absolutely every step of the process, he might as well have been in the room. Oh, man. He like pinches it between his middle finger and his index finger. And it like stretches it out. It's mesmerizing. The dough, the, you know, the thing that sticks in my head is the pinching of the dough. Yeah. So you pull the dough out of the drawer, flour it up, pop it onto the marble top. And they're like, obviously, like kneading it, putting it, pulling it out, making you know, making some space into it, aerating it or whatever. And there's like the pinch of the crust, which is this like perfect, perfect, imperfect pinching that mm. makes the pizza kind of like look like this, like almost like a bit of a splodge on the marble top. Yeah. But it's so, it just, I can't even describe it because it was the way the, the the chef was like focused on it. Yeah, he barely spoke, did he? No, he didn't speak to anybody. Most normal kitchens and big open kitchens, you've got people shouting, you've got shouting orders, you've got all this stuff. It was serene and it was, he, like you say, he was just laser focused on what he was doing. He was like he's in a trance. You can only make two pizzas at a time. That's, mm-hmm. that's how small the prep area is. So he only has to concentrate on two at once. And if you imagine the passion and the flair that you get with an Italian making a pizza, if you substitute that for precision focus and like just that perfection it doesn't feel like a pizza place at all and it's the whole act of cooking it it's the relationship with like the cook staff and the waiting staff everything while still having some sort of like soul the soul element came through with the almost like this like rhythm that he had with everything he was mm. doing so when he was like moving from the dough process then putting the tomatoes in he was kind of like had this like constant sway in this like motion he was like going over to the mozzarella and putting it on the basil and it was this like one fluid motion almost what he was doing yeah and the way he dragged the pizza on, onto the peel but in this in this kind of like fluid like he moved his entire shoulder over to it and I like, dragged it on <laughs> and then like put it back it was like I know, I know pizza chefs do this. I know this is like a thing. It's like, you know, that's how you make pizza, right? 
but it was like how he was doing it, how he didn't have any interaction with any of the any of the like the the, the guests at the restaurant, even though they were right there. How he didn't flinch when like you were shooting pictures of him. His staff weren't bothering him; they weren't talking right. to him. He was like he was in that moment. Honestly, man. I couldn't take my eyes off him. And because we were sat there right in front of him, and you know, he was obviously making pizzas for, by the time we left, it was quite busy. Mm-hmm. So he, we probably watched, sat there and watched him make, you know, 12, 13 pizzas. Yeah. And I just could, I could not stop watching him. It yeah, was, we just it sat basically in silence the entire time. Yeah. It was a proper. It was like it was like some sort of performance piece. It was, but the, it was so understated. There was no like, oh look at me, I'm making pizzas. It was just, oh, it was it was amazing to watch. It was brilliant. It made the experience twice as good. I mean, the pizzas alone would have been mm-hmm. more than enough, but being able to experience that, I, I can only imagine how good it must be when you see Tamaki himself doing it. Yeah, yeah. We we actually. We kind of toyed with the idea of going to the other one immediately after. And yeah. I think had we not have had the third pizza in that spot, we probably would have. Yeah, I think but we I think done. we were very... I, I, on the train afterwards, I was like falling asleep. Yeah. Like I was I was pizza-induced coma straight away. Um, honestly, and it wasn't even expensive. No. It was like, it came up with like, I think 12 quid a pizza-ish, give or yeah. take. Yeah, yeah. It didn't hurt the wallet. It was really satisfying. I didn't come out of there disappointed at, at all. I wish I could have stayed there actually for a few more hours and yeah. just like had a drink and just enjoyed the atmosphere. But obviously with the restaurant last more you can't really do that. Uh, Honourable Munchen. Yes. This feature is going to get in this podcast. Honourable Munchen has been the Honourable Munchen. edited out until the, until this point. It might be the first time the Taylor Fawcett branded Honourable Munchen. And it's normally things that I love and you're just not that fussed about. But I think you're going to get on board with this one. Come on. Was we sat down, we ordered our beers, and they brought us a little shot glass of mushroom soup. Yes, it was which good was that. a which mushroom soup I can absolutely take. Or, to be honest, it can stay at home. I'm not that interested yeah, in mushroom agree, soup. I, I love the, I love mushroom flavour, but mushroom soup doesn't really do it for me. I always find it a little bit bland. Mm-hmm. This mushroom soup had mushroom. It had a little bit of olive oil on the top, and it kind of separated a bit. And I mean, it was obviously the best shot I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But it what the flavour in this yeah. tiny little amount of soup. It was, was so it, good. It was unreal. It was like an anti-palate cleanser. It was like gearing you up for the yeah the salty kind of like deliciousness of the it pizza was, base. It was amazing. It was good. Nice touch. And yeah, what a great touch. Just to to I, to be honest, I've I'd almost forgotten about it until now, and mm-hmm. I got really excited just now when I remembered it because I thought, oh, it was so it was so good. And when I we want go, to go back. When we go back tomorrow, I we're going to go have back another one. <laughs> so much, yeah, Tamaki Pizza Studio Tamaki in Rapongi is two spots. Uh, we went to the smaller one. The other one, the newer one, is a bit bigger. Same price point, as far as I'm aware. Same product. They they do half pizzas though in the new one. Yes, they do. I think the new one is is you know, the first one's pretty successful. There's only so long you can keep one spot going. Yeah. So rather than open exactly the same spot, I think they've just sort of upscaled. It's much bigger. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot more volume of of customers. Yeah. Um, which but, I mean, fair play because yeah, more the more people that eat that pizza, the better. Honestly, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, arguably one of the best things we've eaten the entire trip so far. I would agree. I think it may be top, which seems a shame, seems we're nowhere near Italy, but like I say, it doesn't matter. Frankly, the the whole argument, and we've spoken about this before, of having to eat 
only the food of mm-hmm. the country that you're in. Yeah. You don't eat fish and chips every single day of your life in England. Exactly. So, you know, if people, especially in Tokyo, which is an incredibly competitive food city, mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, you're probably going to do it well. And exactly. By God, does he do it well? I don't want to finish it. No. I don't want to eat, but I do not want it to end. Episode one of the Tokyo portion of this trip, done. Arigato gozaimasu. Nice. Thank you. Um, you're a lot more confident with the, with the Japanese than the Korean, aren't you? Yes, I feel yeah. much more at home with the, yeah. um, with the Japanese. Unlike you, who just randomly says, oh, I, ran- I just repeat what people say to me in 7-Elevens back to them, which means, thank you for waiting, or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, thank you for waiting. <laughs> Pathetic. Thank um, me for waiting. Uh, check out our Instagram and Twitter. At Set Meals Podcast. For updates, visuals, little videos, um, just of the trip, what we've been up to. Mm. And uh, we'll be back next week for the last... The final Asian episode of Set Meals. Maybe not ever, but certainly for the summer. Cool. Thanks for listening. See you next week. See you in part two. Very cheap. Very cheap? This, this shop. Are we like Perfect. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. You like expensive? No. I like cheap. <laughs> we like cheap, Nicholas. We like cheap. All right? <laughs>